Hi there, Neil here. Obviously, you love to travel. That's why you're listening to this podcast. Circa, our app available right now from the App Store on iOS, is filled with podcasts and guides for travelers. But more than that, it has a feature that we're calling the Circa Concierge, where you can have any question about any place you're traveling answered by real people on the ground. We're giving you a friend to ask anywhere in the world. And hey, if you've got questions about Barcelona, you might even get me. Because I love to help people discover my city. And if you're the same way for the city where you live, then we want you to become part of the Circa Concierge too. Right now, we're searching for concierges in Barcelona, Rome, London, Paris, Madrid, Venice, and New York City. Don't see your city listed? That's okay. We'll be rolling out new cities throughout the year, and yours might just be next. If you love where you live and love to help travelers, sign up now to be a Circa Concierge. Help out our users and earn tips for the knowledge you have about your own city or country. Head over to circatravel.com forward slash concierge and sign up today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey guys, a quick note up top. This episode of Passport is all about Christmas, but it does feature a lot of talk about poo. It's kind of what makes this one special. So... Merry Christmas, everyone. A destination isn't always a place. Sometimes it's a new way of seeing things. I'm Neil Innes. And I'm Andres Bartos. From Frequency Machine, this is Passport. Your ticket to everywhere. Christmas around the world is weird. In December, in Austria, hordes of people in ghoulish masks called Krampus stalk the streets looking for bad kids. In Greece, the Karikansaros, evil goblins come up from the ground to chop down a giant tree and to terrorize homes. In Iceland, the Yulekat will eat you if you're not dressed well. In Sweden, most of the country tunes in at 3 p.m. to watch the same 1958 Donald Duck cartoon every year. In Latvia, hordes of masked figures visit houses to drive away evil spirits with folk songs. Ukrainian Christmas is all about spiders. In Caracas, Venezuela, it is tradition to roller skate to mass on Christmas Day. Even our own Christmas, when you really think about it. It's just madness. A potentially drunk, overworked, fat man dressed in red and white with a beard, driven on a flying sled by reindeers, who lives in the North Pole with an army of elves, delivers presents in the middle of the night down chimneys. Here, 
in Barcelona, Catalonia, Spain, where we make this show. Well, there's maybe the strangest festive tradition of all. There's no Santa here. Here, Christmas involves a log, about two feet long, with a face named Cagatillo, the shit log. Today on Passport, we take you home for the holidays to do a little scatological detective work, to meet the shit log, and to try and figure out where the hell it comes from. Welcome to one of the most surprising Christmases in the world. Barcelona sits on the northeast coast of Spain on the Mediterranean Sea. Las Ramblas, Camp Nou, La Sagrada Familia, La Boquería, Park Well, Barceloneta, Gaudí, Dalí, Miró. Barcelona is a town full of life, music, food, art, history, and tradition. It's also incredibly misunderstood. I've lived here for nearly 10 years, and Andres has lived here for nearly 20. We make passport here. This is our home. It's the sixth most visited city in Europe and the 16th most visited in the world, which for a town which only covers 40 square miles and with a population of one and a half million, it's sometimes a strain. But because of that, it's filled with people from all over the world who visited and never left, us included. After 30 years here combined, we can tell you one definitive thing about this area of Spain called Catalonia. Technically, this is Spain, but it is also very not Spain. There's an old stereotype which butts against the idea of the warm, open, and partying Spaniards, you know, the Javier Bardem taking you to Oviedo to have a threesome. The people here are a little different. Catalans, they're hard to get to know. But once you do, you have a friend forever. Yeah, that is, I've heard that many times. And uh, I think it has to do with, as with any sensitive person, for example, it takes one a long time to get to know that person. But once you've gained the heart of that person, you more likely will be friends for a long time. So I think Catalan culture is, is like that. This is our Catalan forever friend, the Barcelona-born, velvet-voiced Sergi Delvas. He's a marketing manager and a beer enthusiast and brewer. And for all of you listening... He's taken. Catalan culture is so small that it sort of gets, you know, like the little brother that yeah. sort of, you know, and is surrounded by huge culture like Spanish culture, France, Italy, like inferiority <laughs> complex. But, but, but very agile at the same time. Yeah. You know, yeah, because definitely. being so small is like you have to make it work somehow. <laughs> no, like Catalans are the Smurfs of Spain. <laughs> if that, that could be that could be said, you know, in, and in the sense like wonderful. the Jews of Spain as well. Yeah, that, that was said to me once, and you know, there's something to that. Yeah. I have to say, yeah, yeah. We grabbed Sergi to come down to the studio because we wanted to chat with him about Christmas. We want to lay out just what's going on here. But first, before we get to that weirdness, we need to look a little bit at what's behind this weirdness. Catalonia has its own language, its own personality. Its own sense of humor. It has its own identity. The food here is wonderful. Fresh seafood, incredible barbecue, calzots, which are long onions burned and stripped to be eaten away with a heavy romesco sauce. Sunny paellas along the beautiful coastline are a way of life. 
though the Catalans might prefer to munch down a giant fideuwa on a lazy Sunday. That's paella rice replaced with a short, thin pasta and lathered with aioli, a garlic mayonnaise which could kill you in the best possible sense. The geography of this region is so varied. It has the Pyrenees to the north, blistering sandy beaches to the south, forests and deltas. It's unbearably hot in the summer and freezing in the winter. This place is full of beautiful contradictions, including the ones inherent in the people who live here. Catalan culture is so uptight in many ways because of the influence from Catholic culture and all that. And so um, formal sometimes that people need to explode somewhere. (laughs) Catalans are calm, reserved, measured, quiet. Then a second later, insane, mad, full-on crazy. They're protesting in the morning and napping in the afternoon. They are fastidious too. There's an expression in Catalan, que algo le vol, algo le costa. If you want something, it will cost you something. Right. You know, very mercantile (laughs) (laughs) approach to things. There is a yin and yang to Catalans, and it has a name. Senya Irausha. Seny is, um, some people have translated it as common sense. Right. But common sense is very difficult to define. So Seny means very rational, practical, very ordered. And then Rausha is like a party crazy, you know. (laughs) So it's the yin and yang, I guess, you know, the two, the two, um, the two forces that, you know, underline, you know, all life, I guess. I don't know. The cliche of the Mediterranean personality isn't fully true here. Sure, you'll find wild shifts, passion among staunch faces, there's incredible parties and grumpy neighbors. But on a whole, the Catalan culture, it's, it's pretty leveled. They don't like big shots. They don't like posturing. They don't like you if you're pretending to be something you are not. The ideal here is an ideal of everyone being the same. Who does he think he is? Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, all in this together, there is a little bit of, you know, that. Let's take La Sardana, for example. It is it includes everybody. So La Sardana, it's it's a public dance. It's almost like Morris dancing or line dancing or Lord of the Dance dancing. A circle of people, no matter the age or standing which is used as a celebration of community, togetherness, and solidarity. That's amazing because it is an expression of an underlying culture, you know, certain values, you know, which is we're all in this together. Mm. Fempiña, which mm. means we're holding hands together. Los Castellers. Castell- well, that say, was the next place know, I was going to go. Yeah, the castles. Human castles. Als Castells. It's another huge part of Catalan culture. To see it live is astounding. The, the Castellers, along with Flamenco, are UNESCO declared masterpiece of the oral and intangible heritage of humanity. That's a real thing. Spain has more listed UNESCO masterpieces per capita than anywhere else in the world. Picture a beautiful square in Catalonia. Now picture hundreds of people having a human pyramid competition all dressed in different bright colors. They mingle together, but then gather in their teams. They push into a circle to make a base, a piña, hundreds of people. 
Then they climb up on top to form a circle on the backs of others. Eight people, six people, four people, four more, three more, two more, one more. These human pyramids are six, seven, eight, nine stories high. And then a child of about seven years climbs to the top for the final layer wearing a crash helmet. Because sometimes these castles collapse. As an expression of the culture, I think it's very interesting. And if you allow me to go back to your interest in, it's not your only you, but the interest in. I he points at me. In the. It's definitely pointed at me. In the. Um, in the art of pooping? Yeah. Okay. okay <laughs> we are skirting around the poop. One thing is community. Yeah. But also then is uh, the pressure that culture infuses in that community and that ah. comes out. Hmm. The in and the out. I like that. This Cheers, is already getting very poopy. I know. This is, we're getting to a place that's very interesting. Hmm. <laughs> Skirting around the poo. That's not like us. So let's do this. The Catalans are a pretty scatological society. They're into poop. They swear a lot. And a lot of the swearing is blasphemous. And a lot of the time... It's about shitting. I don't know where that stems from, though. I don't know if it was the farmers. I have no idea. But I would say that it's not just in Catalonia. It's the rest of the rest of Spain also yeah. has a, a rich culture. Yeah. <laughs> so there's something about the of the sound also. The musicality. It's like a little. It's like a, a, sim- <laughs> it's a little amusement park ride. Yeah, it's exactly. Like a lonely barbershop quartet. Violins and trumpets. In Catalan, a lot of shit, or merda, can signify many, many things. It's their most versatile swear word. It can mean that you're scared or sad. You can be shit happy, shit dirty, shit rich. You can also be shit lucky. Molta merda? That's used in theater connection means a lot of luck. And actually, I happen to know the origin, which is before cars, horses would drive the carriages. So a lot of shit meant a lot of people have come to see you. Oh. So multa merda means like people came to the show, so it was, it was a success. Christmas in Catalonia is pretty unique. No turkey, no stuffing, no Santa Claus, no mistletoe, no Christmas tree. Like, how do you, what's your relationship to Christmas? Are you a Christmas guy? I'm a family guy. Okay. Meaning I like being with my family a lot. Right. So Christmas means you get in to see your family. You know, I'm pretty sure a lot of people feel like that. So nothing out of the ordinary there. But this is where the real weirdness begins. It begins with a pesebre, the nativity scene. The big thing for me was the pesebre, the right. nativity. Uh-huh. Yes. That was, the, that was the, the, the big project. I still have a clear, clear memory of the first, of the pesebre in my, my parents. And you would build um, the nativity, you put some paper uh, as the sky. You okay, know? to make and like a uh, blue sky. You put a bridge. I don't know why there was a bridge. a bridge, yeah. And then it, uh, a, a river with aluminum foil. 
Silent <laughs> And then you put the, the, the three white men, or the three kings, the Austral race. Yeah. But the the last one, the the most important element was Al Kagane. Description of Al Kagane. Physically, the Kagane is a peasant taking a shit. <laughs> Let pooping Christmas begin. Al Kagane. Literally, the shitter. You'll find him in every single nativity scene in Catalonia, even public ones, with the Son of God sleeping in a manger, upstaged every year by a man taking a number two, usually dressed in the traditional Catalan outfit with shirt, black pants, red hat, the barretina. You can even buy your own, of course. Each year, the city is filled with stores selling caganes. And each year, there are new ones to collect. This year, new arrivals are little ceramic versions of your favorite celebrities and politicians taking a crap. In 2020, these include Joe Biden, Greta Thunberg, Pennywise the Clown. There are also whole packs of little pooping figurines. The Simpsons, Game of Thrones, the X-Men, all squatting with their pants around the ankles, caught in the very human act. But what does it mean? I never questioned it. The huge thing was like when I would go to my cousins or whatever was to find Al Kagane, like, Ola Pusat, where do you put him? It's it? like Where's Waldo? Exactly. <laughs> Where's Al Kagane? Which is a great book. We should we should actually <laughs> But that was the big one. So the funny thing is that I would always we would always put it behind the stable. Right. You know, you, you hit it a little bit. Right. So, so that Jesus a, didn't have to see this dude taking a shit. Yeah, exactly. of, of that thing just like, a little just, bit of yeah. And I have a question what it what it symbolized or what it meant. I'm just realizing now as I speak with you guys. Yeah. But Sometime after 92, after the Olympics, Catalan culture opened up to the rest of the world. The rest of the world started paying attention. And then, you know, when somebody from abroad pays attention to you, they realize there's things that are not... <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say normal because the word normal the is, current, is The very, curtain is being pulled back suddenly. They're not usual or not, <laughs> yeah. not used in the rest of cultures. <laughs> so around... Sometime when I was twenty something, somebody's like, "What the hell? What's the, what's, <laughs> what's this guy what's doing here? here? <laughs> you know, taking a shit. You know, like, oh, oh, that's right." Um, and somebody paid attention to it, and then somebody said, "I know where it comes from," and I think it's comes from the tension in the culture. So a lot of people don't believe the gospel in Catalan culture. Mm. You know, so mm. meaning like we don't agree with this, so we're gonna put a little guy, peasant, again connected to it agrarian culture taking the shed right next to <laughs> <laughs> to this whole holy scene let's put a little bit of let's put take this jesus guy a little level down jesus is just being born he's just there with his pants around his ankle squatting doing what looks like a, a kind of a perfect, perfect cartoon shit. comic book perfect yeah. a little curl i've never it's been perfection it is perfection it's, you know when you go to mcdonald's and you get like a, like a soft serve a soft yeah but really, in brilliantly described thank you the we're all the same aspect to catalan culture is pretty striking could it be that the cagane is a representation of this is pooping the ultimate leveler 
Barack Obama has a kegane. Lady Gaga has a kegane. Yeah. Lady Gaga. Ah, Lady Gaga. I'm pretty sure Messi has one. If Messi has you a Messi one. <laughs> Sorry. All right, there you go. So um, I think it, it is, I'm realizing now that it's a good connection with like, all right, everybody shits. Don't shit. pretend like you don't shit. Like, woohoo, big whoop, you're the son of God. You're going to be, once you're you have that. You're going to be shitting behind a barn. Like, <laughs> you're like, and I, and, I, and if, if there's some way to wrangle uh, any meaning out of a being connected to the earth or being, you know, be it being like a protest in some way or it being kind of like a cultural thing, I think that's as like basic as it yeah. gets. Like, well, it's that old trope, right? Like you're going to go to a job interview or you're going to meet, you know, the queen of England. Yeah. So you don't get nervous. What do you do? Just imagine yeah. her taking a shit. There's a saying, which is a Spanish saying, which is, Caga el rey, caga el papa. De cagar, nadie se escapa. <laughs> <laughs> the king shits, the pope shits. Nobody escapes taking a shit. There we go. Everybody poops. After the break, the moment you've all been waiting for. We meet the cagatio. We enlist our friends, we put on our detective hats, and we try and work this mystery out. We'll see you in a sec. Hi everyone, Circa's recruiting new concierges. A Circa concierge is a friend to ask anywhere in the world. Real people, on the ground, never bots. If you want to be a concierge for your city, go to circatravel.com to sign up. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, except for El Cagatío. El Tío is maybe the most magical and scatological part of Catalan Christmas. You see, the 25th of December is a holiday here, but it's not THE holiday. In all of Spain, that's the 5th of January, the 12th night of Christmas. That's when the three kings bring children their gifts. But here, in Catalonia, on Christmas, it's all about the caga tío. So, tío means log. Caga means shit. We're finally here. The moment you've all been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, we give you the shitting log of Christmas. <laughs> I just hear like the be- like Christmas bells clang 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 clang. <laughs> it is a, a, a wood a wooden lock. Yeah. With eyes and mouth and everything. <laughs> yeah. And even and even a, a a nose. The central piece of a tree, the trunk, a log, about two foot long as round as a dinner plate, with two legs of wood to prop him up. A wide-eyed, smiling face, a peg for a nose, 
and a traditional red cap. It's very sweet and utterly terrifying. Around two weeks before Christmas Day, families head into the woods near their homes to find their tío. The story goes that tíos wander from the mountains, starving, lost, and cold, to find warmth and food in their new Christmas home. We'd put a blanket on top of it. My cousin would give him lentils. So, so like, they would so, make lentils in the house and leave right. this plate of but lentils in front of them. Not so elaborated. My, my uncle would just leave the just like just raw, raw, lentils. raw lentils in front of the log. <laughs> and then we were so little, like, oh, he, the log gone. Oh, Dio ate them. You know, but obviously it was my uncle removing the lentils from in front of the, the Dio. <laughs> Over the weeks in the lead up to Christmas, you feed your Tio. A lot. Nuts, lentils, oranges. He's a hungry boy. And then, as Christmas Day approaches, the Tio himself gets ready for the worst day of his life. <laughs> but the point was, my uncle would say, oh, he's been eating a lot, get ready. Like, yeah, because he's going to shit a lot of things, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was the it was the a moment- magical shitting it log. It was the moment- is what we're, yeah, we're gonna, For we're, anyone listening, what we're describing is a magical, magical shitting log. log. This is what's happening on Christmas. (laughs) The family gathers around the Tio, his little happy face looking up at them, seemingly oblivious to what's coming. And right after dinner, we put the Tio, the shitting lock, in the middle of the living room, covered with a blanket, (laughs) and then we grab the stick. Everybody, my cousins and my brother and my sister, everybody would have their own stick. So and then we would sing songs. So the trick was like you need you needed to sing really loud. really loud so that the Dio would get inspired to take, to take a, a shit. big shit. That was, that always helps me <laughs> when people sing at me. And sing at me. It really me helps me like relax. <laughs> Makes me. We would count to three and we would sing. Caga Tio da valana zituro. Si no bols caga, dunare un cop de bastó. So, tío, please, take a shit. Caga, tío, de ballanas y turro. Si no bols caga... If you don't want to take a shit. I'm, I'm going to hit you with my stick. <laughs> threatening it is. Isn't that fra- like, you know, animal friendly? Right? But it is like the sight of a group of whatever, like a, a, a herd of a herd children. Of kids, like... Hitting a lot like the homeless guy at the beginning yeah, of Clockwork exactly. Like, But very <laughs> cute, in a very cute way. There is something that speaks to the Catalan sense of humor. Something that Sergi told us earlier on in the show. If you want something, you have to give something. You never get a smile for free. You have to earn it. So is taking care of this pet log in the lead up to Christmas teaching children about care? about love it's like nursing an injured thing back to health so it gives you a reward and do it's like it's like misery with kathy bates and james kant it's christmas misery you rescue an author from the woods all right take care of him Mm -hmm. and then you beat him (laughs) until he gives you i I, I do hope we we have like jingle bells in the back of this section you've been a dirty Where do you source your logs? <laughs> that's a great question. That's, that that's a funny, funny. thing. Was, my uncle had it, and we're still using that log to this day. That you log use, is like 50 use, years old. Get the fuck out of no, here. No, no, I'm serious. You don't like switch up your logs? Give up. So this log has like 
No. It has years of abuse. No retirement retirement for Dios. Like, you know. <laughs> Well, he gets to rest the rest of the year, you know. <laughs> it's true. And he said he, he just works for one night a year. <laughs> yeah. So that's not, that's not a bad gig. <laughs> we humans love playing. Yeah, I guess, you know. It might sound absurd for a lot of people not familiar with it. But again, you know, there's so many things that are absurd. <laughs> you know? There's so many. <laughs> Sergi had laid the groundwork. And me and Andres now self-proclaimed scatological detectives started to think about how we could figure out the magic craziness of the deal. I have a four-year-old little girl at home, and I thought I'd start with her. Surely she would know all about the magic of the teal. Why that that color, Baba? Because it's recording. Oh, why? Because I wanted to ask you about the teal. It looks like a branch, Papa. Like a branch. Yeah, but it doesn't got four feet. Like a like a cat. Like a cat. He's a, like a cat. And what are we gonna do with him? We will put him on daddy nuts because he gets to eat. And what do we have to put a blanket on him for? For he cannot be cold. And do you like do you like the deal? Yeah, I do. He comes from the montagna. Okay, somebody. that you. Like she always does, she cut our interview short. Kids weren't going to be helpful here. So left with no choice, we set up a WhatsApp group of all our Catalan friends and honorary Catalan friends because we wanted to get their take on why the pooping log and the pooping figure exist. If anybody knows. Hi, Rich Neil and Andres of Passport. This is our Christmas special voice message hotline. We want to know what you think the cagatio means. What does it mean to you? Wild pooping Catalans. Let us know your thoughts for this Passport Christmas special. Thanks. So the other day, my friend Alyssa and I were going for a walk in the park. And we came across these three children and they were feeding pieces of tangerine to their cagatillo. And we thought it was the cutest thing. And we laughed in delight, or so we thought, but that's not how the kids took it. And within seconds, they were swarming around us, demanding to know why we were laughing at them and their tío. Like, what was so funny about their tío? They said, your tío is only going to shit shit. You're not going to get any presents. He's just going to shit shit. The truth is that I had never considered that our traditions were weird, but maybe from the outside people, it seems that we like shit a lot. It's possible. To be honest, I don't know either the origins of Tio. I honestly have no idea of this historical origin. A piece of wood with a face, with a happy face. Every Christmas time, well, actually before Christmas time, we went to the countryside to look for the tío. Grandparents will tell us that he came from the mountain, that he was very thirsty, he was hungry, so we have to take care of him, give him clementines, food and cuddles and talking to him. Every night before going to the bed, I check if he was warm and comfortable. 
When you're a child, you love your tío as one more member of your family. Then, the 25th, during the morning, we hit him with a stick. A piece of wood that when the children hit him with a stick, he pops. But it's not a nasty shit like yours or mine. No, no, it's like a nice gift. And that's and there was a present. I mean, if that year you had been good, you will have a little toy. And that was the most amazing thing ever. He said thank you by pooping candies. And nowadays I'm already grown up. The only option possible to poo is underwear. So when Cagatillo comes, I already know that my underwear will be renewed. Children learn that if you take care of something, we are gonna love it. It's really, really, really magic. It's something that you cannot explain. I know it's crazy. A piece of wood that comes walking from the woods. You fed him clementines and it shoots you sweets. It's crazy. But I remember also thinking that that fat man called Santa Claus, that's also weird. He's always clean with that beautiful red coat with white fur and he goes through chimneys i mean that's not possible it has no sense according to mary poppins and i really believe in her santa claus should be dirty as hell if he goes through a chimney to give presents he was like ah oh, that fat man no i rather believe in my luck he's here with me i really i believe in him sometimes with tradition these things are just done because they're done We were surprised that there wasn't a lot of questioning going on about why. Neil tried to find a historian, a learned person, with perfect credentials and a deep, expansive education on the history of Catalonia, who we could coax into talking about poop for an hour. We had to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> you mother... <laughs> Luckily... I'd found a historian, and luckily still, he was into it. You have the T.O. right now in your house? Yeah, yeah. Eating mandarins <laughs> to shit presents. <laughs> This is Dani Cortijo. He's a Catalan award-winning writer and historian. His blog, altresbarcelonas.com, is filled with crazy, insightful tales about Barcelona. It felt weird talking to such a smart guy about the most human function. But here we are. Scatology is, is linked with Catalan culture since lots of years ago. And for example, in the 19th century, we have a scatologic uh, literature in Barcelona, all about shit and... <laughs> and but in Cagané, for example, it's not funny. All right. So what is the Cagané? Historically, uh, Cagané is a symbol of the fertilization of the fields for the next season, for the, the end of, of, of winter and the beginning of, of the spring. We got the feeling that Danny was our guy. One down, one to go. The Christmas log, or, or Tio, actually Tio, is the name of a big trunk. It was the first big trunk the people take from the, from the woods to warm the house. Okay, it was like a celebration of, of the winter And it, it was a symbol of, of energy without electricity or, or gas. It was the, the symbol of, of the warming of the family. It was the beginning of Tio. And then uh, starts this tradition of hit the Tio uh, to, to shit uh, food. 
it's very scatologic, but I think during the 19th century, maybe, it evolves to this strange thing. Wow. Originally, Tio was only shooting um, the foot of Christmas, not presents. And I think Tio uh, started shooting presents because of Santa Claus. There's a bit of competition. <laughs> yeah. But why the hitting? We asked Danny, and his answer was really wonderful. Barcelona in the 19th century was a very, very, very violent city. It was very crazy. And now we have, we preserve this tradition and the rest of the year, we say that we cannot use violence to to have our goals. Wow, it's like, it's like the purge. Yeah. <laughs> this sentiment was something we hadn't expected or heard before. That hitting the Tio was originally the only time of the year that you were allowed to use violence to get what you wanted. It was a really nice twist on what we imagined the Tio to be, what he stood for on his own two stumpy legs. We found out more too, thanks to Dani. It turns out the Yule log, as it was once known in many parts of Europe, was the first tree cut down to warm the family home over the holidays. Nowadays, it only exists as a YouTube screensaver crackling away on your television or a dessert. But originally, family members would fill it with messages, notes, wishes for the coming year. It was also a blessing for a good harvest. The coals would be kept, and they would be used to light the log again next year. The log is a symbol of renewed luck and life. Exactly how the Yule log turned into the teal seems to be an amalgamation of Catalan social tropes, the competing popularity of Santa Claus in the 19th century, the need for presents on Christmas Day in a culture which usually gets them 12 days later, and their love of a good poop. My little kid is three years old, yeah. so now I have an internal dialogue with like, should I do this or should we not? Because I remember the excitement that I felt. Yeah, me too. You know? Because I love stories and I love like storytelling and I love watching her like light light up. You do it because it's such a it's just such a happy thing to Absolutely. like kind of watch. Yeah. Like it's like telling someone a joke. <laughs> you know? No, I agree. Like, I agree. I'm just realizing it talking to you guys the yeah, importance yeah. of rituals and stuff like that. yeah it's pretty amazing yeah. i mean it's yeah it's it's again it's like we came in in here to talk about shit <laughs> <laughs> and we we've ended up at this place which is actually really christmasy the excitement yeah. and the magic of the season as strange as it may look to you guys <laughs> i'm so connected with this yeah. Traditions that I'm just realizing that even if I live somewhere else with my little one, I do that. It's it's a tradition for me. Yeah, worth keeping, worth spreading. So loaded up with everything that Christmas means here, thanks to Sergi and Danny, and with as much knowledge as we could gather about what the cagatio actually meant, I hid ours in the woods above Barcelona, near my daughter's school, and for the first time. She and I went searching for him. So when I was walking here, I found something in the woods, and he needs a help. Papa, you need to see it. I know where, I know where it is. I know where it is. Come on, you got to follow me. Let's go, Papa. Let's go. 
But where's the doll? Where you. is she hiding? Papa, where is she hiding? I don't know. We're going to have to find out. All right, let's go running maybe down the rocks. Is it? Okay, I'm here. here. Oh, look. Where? Where? He's a little doll. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, no. She's hurt, maybe. You think he's hurt? Yeah. Should we take him? Do you want to pick him up? Yeah, let's pick him. I think I he's pick a... him up. Okay. Right. There. He's oh. sleeping. Okay. He's sleeping like that. <laughs> okay. Let's take him home, baby. Because it's a little baby deal. <laughs> Traditions are weird. They kind of have to be by definition. These rituals that persist long enough in one culture to stand the test of time are always a little skewed, altered. The fun remains, and the origins are often forgotten. Santa Claus, Saint Nick. He was a third century monk from Turkey who gave away everything he owned to help the sick and the needy. It was the Dutch who brought Santa Claus to America in the mid to late 1700s. He was called Sinterklaas, and he gave presents on the 5th of December. It was writer and historian Washington Irving who helped put Santa Claus out there for real when he referred to him as the patron saint of New York in his book about the Big Apple. By the end of the 19th century, the Salvation Army took the image of Santa, now dressed in red, and used him to gather donations from meals for the poor on Christmas Day. Clement Clark Moore, an Episcopal minister, invented the rest of the Santa you know and love in his poem, The Night Before Christmas. You know, the sled, the reindeers, the elves, and the chimneys. And what's weirder, that or an oblivious but happy pooping log? Merry Christmas, everyone. This week's saved pins are parts of Catalonia which are perfect, no matter the time of year, but are especially great at Christmas. Number two is the Monseigne. This ancient mountain range between Barcelona and Girona is full of beautiful spots. Pools, rivers, and waterfalls abound. Walking, camping, tiny towns scattered all through the range. Monseigne is a beautiful place to visit any time of year. And you might even find a few tios. Number two, La Fageda de Anjorda, a fairy tale forest if ever you saw one. This beech tree woodland in La Garrocha has inspired painters and poets alike. Perfectly green in the summer and deep dark orange in the autumn. It's a photographer's dream with great trails and a dairy. Number two, Espinelves, a picturesque mountain town in the province of Girona which specializes in Christmas trees. There's also an 11th century Romanesque church Warm in the summer and a snowy winter wonderland at Christmas. Number two, Mercat de Santa Lucia. In the center of Barcelona, outside the city's cathedral, 
This Christmas market is a blast. You'll find trees, tios, caganes, turons and sweets and pastries. And at other times of the year, it's a glorious bustling square for people watching. Number two, Tarragona, the city to the south of Barcelona and ex-Roman capital. It was once the richest city in the country. The Roman ruins there are a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Grab a hot chocolate and some churros and head down the Rambla Nova to see the ocean from Albalco del Mediterrani. If you want to splash out, there are four Michelin star restaurants packed into this little city center. This is Barcelona's little known little brother. That's it for this week, guys. Have an amazing Christmas and holidays. We'll be back in the new year with clowns, both terrifying and sweet, in Paris. Sci-fi and music galore in our journey to South Africa to discover an Afrofuturism revolution and to Australia, where we'll talk with the locals about the cosmos with a very special Bavarian guest, one Werner Herzog. Yeah. In the meantime, hit us up on all social media at Passport Pod and on Instagram at Passport Podcast. Head to FrequencyMachine.com forward slash Passport and look for our Christmas episode. In there, you'll find a gallery of some of the best cagatillos we could find. So until next time, well, until next year. This episode of Passport was written and produced by myself and Andres Bartos. Huge thanks to Sergi Dalbas and Dani Cotijo for talking with us. Thanks to the amazing Aisha Prigan and our friends Roger, Mariona, Elian, Adaya, Mireya, Nuria, Oriol, and everyone from Villayonga del Camp for your messages. And to my Mary and Greta. Check out our show notes for more on these awesome Christmassy people. Our theme music, as always, is by our musical elf, Nick Turner. The show is mixed and mastered by Julian Kuzneski. Eliza Engel is our production assistant. Stacy Book, Dominic Ferrari, and Abby Glijanski are Christmas 365 days a year. They also executive produce the show, which is hosted by me and a man who can only poop if he's being sung to and hit with a stick, Andres Bartos. We'll see you in the next place. <laughs> Damn it.